You are listening to the IFH Podcast Network. For more amazing filmmaking and screenwriting podcasts, just go to ifhpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast, episode number 281. The riches are in the niches. Alex Ferrari. Broadcasting from a dark, windowless room in Hollywood, when we really should be working on that next draft. It's the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast, showing you the craft and business of screenwriting while teaching you how to make your screenplay bulletproof. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Now, today's show is sponsored by Bulletproof Script Coverage. Now, unlike other script coverage services, Bulletproof Script Coverage actually focuses on the kind of project you are and the goals of the project you are. So we actually break it down by three categories, micro-budget, indie film market, and studio film. There's no reason to get coverage from a reader that's used to reading tentpole movies when your movie's going to be done for $100,000. And we wanted to focus on that at Bulletproof Script Coverage. Our readers have worked with Marvel Studios, CAA, WME, NBC, HBO, Disney, Scott Free, Warner Brothers, The Blacklist, and many, many more. So if you need your screenplay or TV script covered by professional readers, head on over to CoverMyScreenplay.com. Now, how many filmmakers out there want to learn how to direct epic action on a budget? I teamed up with veteran film director and best-selling author Gil Beckman to teach a three-day directing video series on how to direct epic action on a budget. If you want access to this free masterclass, just head over to IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash free. Well, guys, today on the show, we have a treat for you. We have returning champion Mark Toya. And Mark is the director and the writer of the hit indie film Monsters of Man. And if you go to episode 407 of the podcast, where Mark decided to do something that I thought was absolutely nuts, but he wanted to do it, and it was a really interesting experiment. He was going to use the film entrepreneur method and self-distribute his film Monsters of Man, which, by the way, cost a million dollars. And I asked him, would you come back on the show after you've done this experiment and tell us how it succeeded or failed? And boy, did it ever succeed. Mark and I go into the weeds on how he was able to make millions of dollars using the ideas and methods taught in my book, Rise of the Film Entrepreneur, How to Turn Your Movie into a Money-Making Business. This is a master class on how to release a film. We talk about marketing. We talk about everything he did, how he was able to get uh, TVOD and make a lot of money in transactional where without an audience, without a dedicated audience that he had cultivated, how he was able to do it with social media, social media ads, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, techniques that he used, and a lot of the, uh, let's say, hiccups and pitfalls that he walked into going through this method, but he has been extremely successful and continues to generate a good amount of money off of this film every single month. And we also talk about the future and what he has planned for Monsters of Man. So this is an epic episode. So without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Mark Toya. I'd like to welcome back to the show returning champion, Mark Toya. How you doing, Mark? (laughs) 
<laughs> How you doing, my friend? Uh, yeah, good, good. Thank good. you so much. Thanks so much for coming back on the show, man. Your episode, uh, episode four hundred seven. God, it's been a while. We're over six hundred now, so it's been a, it's been a, it's been a few years since we've spoken. Uh, on the, you've been on the show. We've been talking on and off all that time. Uh, but you, you came on and. And uh, well, let, let's just start from the beginning. Can you just recap everybody and let everybody know uh, how you got into the business really quickly and what you do for a living, a day to day? Um, what? What? How I, mean, I got into the business? Um, hobby, a complete hobby that went crazy. There you go. Uh, was a I was a baller maker. I, uh, you know, a, a young baller maker, and people don't know what a baller maker is. We're pretty much people that make anything out of steel. Mm. Um. You know, whether it's skyscrapers or a, a steel box for someone back of someone's car, you know, who knows? It, it also anything made of steel. So that's what I used to do as a trade. But I was a child artist when I was young. I could paint real life oils when I was like thirteen years old. So I, I did have a bit of a a gifted hand uh, when I was a young fella, and uh, and I could draw anything and. I could do my own storyboards if I want, all that sort of stuff. So, pardon me. The uh, um, and anyway, the hobby went crazy. Uh, picked up a, a stills camera. Uh, this is cool. Had a bit of fun with that. Um, and sent a photograph off to a, a magazine company. Uh, not thinking they ever paid you. I had no idea that they paid you. Uh, but they sent me a check for fifty dollars, and my mind exploded i literally stared at that check for uh, like day all day going holy fuck they pay you or oh, sorry i didn't mean to swear and then um i thought shit i'm gonna do more of this and i sent some more photographs off for more magazines and about i think 200 turned up the next month and i went oh, oh my goodness it's almost paid my week's wages um it just kept having fun <laughs> doing something cool you know what i mean Mm -hmm. And then I went completely psycho photographer, didn't know what I was doing, and went into the magazine world, learned all the hassles, tripped over on my face a few times, uh, went nuts, and all of a sudden I had a career in photography that was so fast it wasn't funny because back in those days, shooting film, you know, maybe it was a bit harder. Running around like an idiot with big lenses was harder, I don't know, or easier. I have no idea. Uh, but anyway, it took off and a ton of magazines chased me. And then I used to work for a company called Reuters. Well, not work, but more as a, what they call a stringer. Mm -hmm. And that was good doing the Formula Ones and the bike Grand Prix and World Gymnastics. And next thing I was doing news events and all that. Anyway, I started to get bored of that. And I got into advertising uh, photography, which was a complete loss of income because... <laughs> because I had no idea what the hell I was doing in the advertising world. No one wanted to hire me because I was a complete nobody. It was a very, very um, hard industry to get into. And, you know, a couple of people gave me a couple of jobs that were a bit more action-focused, which I was pretty good at at the time, doing a lot of sport, you know, for the, for the newspapers and the magazines. Um, and then someone else noticed and someone else noticed. And after a lot of persistence and a lot of walk around town, knocking on doors, um, I managed to get my advertising career going. Then I built this big, obnoxious studio, like massive. You could park trucks in it. Um, and then that, uh, everyone said I was crazy and I was going to lose all my money. And anyway, it went the other way. It took off and 
I was the busiest photographer in town. During that, I had one of my clients say, uh, coming in, whinging about a TV commercial he had made, um, and he showed me, and it was pretty basic, uh, and he had paid $300,000 for it. This is, I'm talking probably 25 years ago, 28 years ago. And, you know, 300 grand back then is a lot, a lot of money, right? Um, and anyway, he was not happy. And I said, I'd love to do a TV ad one day. And he looked at me and he says, you know, have you ever done one? And I said, well, I did this little video for a friend of mine. But it was very, it was like a helicopter one. Um, he loved it. He says, well, I've got, you know, like I think it was 25 grand left over. I said, do you want to go for it? Just have fun with it. See if you can do better than this thing. And anyway, we did. and. Uh, put it together in the most naive way possible, completely, completely naive. I mean, I couldn't believe how naive I was and how unknowledgeable I was in making TV commercials. Anyway, we did it. We went through a company good, you know, like a post house, could focus, I think it was, mm-hmm, or cutting edge or something. And then uh, it was back in the early days. And uh, and they helped me edit it together and put it together. Anyway, I won, um, I went, I entered it in the local industry awards and I won best director and best cinematographer. And, 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 the rest as they say is, and as rest as they say is history, you've done okay for yourself as a, as a commercial director. You've made, if you, you know, you just went to your site right before this conversation. I just like, let me check about what, like, oh, is that Kobe? Yeah, that's Kobe. Yeah. So he's, you've done okay for yourself as a commercial director. And, and then you had this insane idea, like, I'm going to go make a movie. And you made this little well, independent many years later, yeah. many, many years later. We're, we're fast forwarding a lot. But yeah. many years later, you decided to make a little independent film called Monsters of Man. And and if I'm not mistaken, the budget was a million dollars or so. And you decided to uh, finance that yourself. Is that correct? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Yeah, well, it might have been a touch less with the current fluctuation of the US to Australian dollar, but yes. <laughs> Give or take, something like that. So, so the, and that movie came out when you reached out to me, the movie had already, I think was already done, and you were trying to figure out this whole, how do I make money with this thing concept? And how did you come across my book, Rise of the Film Entrepreneur? Well, I... I, with what I remember, I just literally broken three ribs skiing, and I was oh. and I decided I was off because I was gonna. We've shot the movie, mm-hmm. and I was editing it with, under pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else as, do you as, do as, as filmmakers do, by the way, we all edit under pain. <laughs> yeah, but I, was, I was just sitting there, and I thought, "Fuck it, I'm I'm not doing anything now. I've got you know three broken ribs." So I just sat there, just started editing the movie. And I wasn't going to. I was actually going to give it to an editor friend of mine, but this was a little bit of therapy while I just was stuck up in the up in the snowy mountains, um, doing nothing. I couldn't ski. I was just looking out the window, crying every day. So, start editing the movie, and I got into it so fast. I, I mean, I love editing anyway. It's just the thing I do. I've been doing it for twenty years. I just didn't feel like editing a movie, and I'd never done one before. Uh, and yeah, no. So that's right. I was sitting there and. I was scouring the internet. Oh, so no, so sorry. It's a couple of years ago, Alex. I've got to get yeah. my got to get my time yeah. frames in place. No, it wasn't then. Sorry, no, we 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 were in in the middle of the whole um, selling the movie thing. That's right. right, right, right. It was no, actually, it was just before that. Anyway, it, it was in that time. It was in that time. 
And um, yes, I stumbled over your podcasts and your um, and your videos, and I started watching this thing. I go, this guy seems pretty much a disruptor of the world and <laughs> a bit of a um, troublemaker. Tell it how it is, type of guy. <laughs> Wonder who this Alex Ferrari is. So anyway, that's why I reached out to you. Yes, and I sent you the trailer of a movie that was sort of being finished at the time. Right. And when so, you sent me the trailer, yeah. and by the way, I get sent trailers daily by filmmakers from mm. around the world wanting to either come on the show or talk to me or get a consult- uh, consultation. And when your trailer came in, I was like, oh, when I saw the tr- the, the the review, like the description, you're like a bunch of robots get thrown in a jungle. Oh, this is going to be horrendous. Like who's going to, oh, <laughs> God, what a horrible. Because you just think you're like, the graphics are going to be horrible. The VFX are not going to be good. And I turned this trailer on and this trailer turns on and I'm like, my mouth is on the floor. I've, the, the visual effects are as good, if not better than Marvel films. And the action's really good. I'm like, who the hell is Mark Toya? Like, who the hell are you? It's like, I'm like, reached right back out to him. Like, yeah, let's get on a call, man. I want to talk to you. Like, how the hell did this get done? And that's when the conversation started. And I'm not sure, did you read the book at that point prior or after that conversation? But I know one of those oh, yeah. times. Just- I, I did. I I didn't know that the book existed until you until we spoke, and you said you'd be doing this book, and I thought, "Fuck it, I'm reading it." Right? So you picked uh, it up actually, right away. No, I, I I e-booked it. Sorry, because I I don't like reading audio book. I, I think you audio booked it. I read scripts. That's about all I read. Now. But I audio booked it, and uh, yeah, I've got a little coffee shop down the road, so I literally just it just was in my ear, and uh, it was fantastic. I mean, it was so fantastic, and. <laughs> You know, you and you were banging too, like you know, you were making sure no one forgot the message, right? <laughs> don't get fucking ripped off. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, three chapters later, yeah, like and fucking remember, do this. Do that. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I beat, I beat the drum. I, I beat the drum hard. Yeah, no, that's fine. I, I'm into drum beating. <clears throat> you know, I do it to my kids. So, <laughs> so you did it to me. Um, and then I um. So I had all this poison in my brain that you poisoned me with some real world shit, you know. And then I'm at the moment, and at that time we were um, shuffling our film through a traditional sales pipeline. Um, you know, it was going through CAA and, and, and other people, whatever, and, and you know, it, and it wasn't working. And the contracts that were coming through were were um, questionable and. Um, but, they were, but, but, but you had but, but you had serious offers though. You had like million dollar oh, offers. Yeah, you, know, you know, it, it, it was fine. There was a million there and a million over there. That you know, it was all it was all happening. But mm-hmm. I just thought, I thought I, I it wasn't so much about the sale of the movie because my wife and I thought if we throw the the million dollars in the bin, whatever it, it's going to be, we'll use it as a calling card. Which it, and that's another story off the, off the back of this. <laughs> which we can talk about later, but we'll just use it as a bit of a marketing tool for, for me. There's like a showreel to sell myself into Hollywood. If we if we don't make any money on it, we're not going to lose sleep over it, right? Because I've been working very hard the last 20 years in, in this game. My wife's a very avid property girl, uh, a woman, and she and between her and I, we, we do okay. You know what I mean? We do quite well. So I'm not going to um, – so it was – the ultimate experiment, really. <clears throat> right. Um, and then you caught, by the way, I have to show you my, I have to talk about my side of the, that conversation. 
So then, you know, we, we're going back and forth over, over Skype mm. at the time. Uh, so we're going back and forth. And, and then you was like, I think I'm just going to, I mean, I read your book, man. It's great. I love it. Uh, you gave me all sorts of ideas. I think I'm just going to release this myself. And I'm going to use a lot of the things in the book to help me do it. And I'm like, you're going to release a million dollar, you're going to self-distribute a million dollar fund. And now anybody else, anybody else that would have told me that, I would, I would advise against because to self-distribute a million dollar product mm. is you got to know, you got to hit that target, not once, not twice, but like 40 or 50 times bullseye to break even. That's from my experience because it depends on the kind of product. But then I saw, but I saw you've got a different kind of movie. You have an anomaly of a movie because there's movie, your movie, Monsters of Man doesn't come along. I've seen it once in my life, a film like that, at that level of quality. And then your marketing savvy, your understanding of that. You, this whole situation is so lottery ticket-esque is, is, is an example of, it's, it's just an, it's an anomaly without question. But then I'm like, if you're willing to do it, would you want to come on the show and talk about it? And you're like, sure, yeah. I'll come on the show. So you came on the show. We talked about it. I'm like, you're going to do a million dollar experiment. And when you're done in a couple of years, come back on and tell us how it goes. He goes, I'll, and you said, and, here we are. <laughs> and you said, I'll come on if I make money or if I don't make money. I want everybody to know what happened. So yeah, no, no, that was fair. That was fair. And I wanted to. I wanted people to either learn by my, my mistakes. And I made my, some mistakes during the process. Mm-hmm. Whether it was going to be the traditional method or the um, or the maverick fucking crazy man direction, <laughs> there's mistakes in both, right? And right. And, and that's what we're here today. We'll, we'll, let's let's talk about that stuff and just say why it worked, how it could have worked even better, mm-hmm. and how it and you know now that the future is now that two years have lapsed since we released it. What could I have done better? And now this is the valuable lessons that only doing what I did has taught me. If I just dumped it on the in the distrib, you know, with a distributor and oh, let them go, I would learn nothing. All right? I and you would have probably made nothing. And you would have probably made nothing. Oh no! Look, I would have got. They, you know, that people were still dumping money on me. I was would have still made money, but I wouldn't have made as probably as much. Right. Um, but I've been doing a lot of work as well. So yeah, it's the not thing like. Is, and the thing is, distributors that sell your movie do a lot of work. They should get paid. So it's not like they're supplying a fucking a rip-off service. They're not. They're doing what your lazy ass ain't going to do. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know what I mean? And by the yeah, way, what, so, in the book, yeah. in the book, I say that. Like, what I'm talking about in this book is work. Like, I, oh, there's, I never once and I in did the book. It, and I did it a lot of it, Alex. I, right. That's my the thing. Wife, I never I crazy, and I go, no, it's fun. It's fun. I said, this is really fucking good fun. I'm really enjoying it, and I'm doing, you know, all our <laughs> testing on our trailers, all our marketing profiles, all of our online media advertising. And, and mind you, I'm from an advertising agency. I'm not an agency. I don't own an agency. Sorry, but I work with thousands of ad agencies around the world. I've worked with the best of the best of the best of the best. Right, so they. Without realizing it, taught me so much about advertising. Right, uh, you know. I mean, from, you've been doing commercials level, for... right down to the little tiny social media type shit. I mean, it's, right. Yeah. yeah, you you pick up things. I mean, I edited. A, I mean, I don't know hundreds of commercials and promos over the course of my career, and I picked up a couple things along the way working with agencies. <laughs> you, you do. You just you just start picking up a couple things here and there. 
We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. All right. So, but the one thing you did get offered, you got multi-million dollar offers from real studios, not Mickey Mouse studios, real studios. And yet you decided to just walk away from them because you're just like, you know, these deals, I'm, it's going to take me forever to get paid. Uh, it's shady. There's a lot of outs and ins and I, it looks like I'm not. Yeah. Well, look, yeah. Look, the deals were <laughs> and to be an uh, open book. Um, one deal was just a million bucks. You know what I mean? But, but not, but not like right now. They're not going to just write you yeah. a check right now for it. Oh, right? no, no. You would have been jumping hurdles and fucking, <laughs> you know, uh, some guy in their office would have go, there's a guy that's 150 feet down the street. We need his release form or we're not going to pay you. You know, right. we're, yeah. we're, we're, or this or that. Or, you know, there'd be some, everyone I know that have gone through a lot of these deals with these big distributors um, are jumping hoops for 12 months. And then, and I, I still talk to them now. One guy's been still waiting two years. <laughs> you know, the movie's been out. The movie is out. And they go, oh, no, we still need all this paperwork done because it's in the contract. We still need all this, this little thing done here. And it's so minimal. No one gives a shit. Yeah, right. but it's just a way for them yeah. to hold on. But they're using it as a loophole to not pay them. And they probably will pay them, but that's just the machine. Of- it could be five years. It could be five years down the line. <laughs> it's, yeah, I've, seen, I've heard these stories. It's ridiculous. All right. So, the thing is, when you do those sales, you are literally handing your baby, baby. over. And you will never see it again. Oh, no, you'll see it in 10 or 15 years' time when the contract's done. Right. And it'll be literally raped of everything <laughs> that it is. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So, and, what was uh, the first? So, for my for my recollection, the first thing you did is started to do your own theat- like your own theatrical in Australia. Oh, How did no, you? I wasn't, I wasn't what did you release? In theatrical. Well, we look. We released during COVID, and everyone said, "Mark, you're mad. You're crazy. Don't do it. You know, it'll never make." But money. you had it. But you had a screening. You had a screen. I remember you had a big screening. Yeah. And- no, I, I thought. You know, I've got a lot of friends here in in town, and. Um, and we just sent everyone an email. Do you want to come and check out the movie? And, and everyone's curious. So 500 people turned up. <laughs> but the one thing and you we, did, we you did it in IMAX because I, I do everything, as you know, on red cameras. So we've got a 4K movie. So let's go to the IMAX theater and let's do it properly. And a but, giant, the theater was massive. It was like giant. But this is, so this is the thing that I love about what you did. Fantastic. You did a, yeah. it, it was a free screening, by the way, right? You got, it was a free screening for yes. your friends, right? Okay. Yep. So the brilliance of what you did is that you filmed everyone's reactions coming out. So it made the film look like it had a theatrical release. You were in a real theater with like posters in the background and you filmed all this. And then that's what you used in your ads. And it was so powerful in your marketing. So even though you might have not made money on that screening, you got so much free marketing materials to be able to sell your movie uh, on TVOD, SVOD, and ABOD. Is that, is that a fair statement? Yeah. Well, we weren't even going to do it. There was a young, a young guy said, hey, do you, are you, are you going to do like a behind this, you know, like a, are you going to film the movie? I went, oh, no, I just want everyone to enjoy it. And he goes, oh, no, I'll get me and my friends. We'll cover it. We'll shoot it. And I go, <laughs> go, go nuts. You know what I mean? But anyway, sent me all this stuff and I went, actually, I could probably use this for a bit of PR. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, yeah, it was strong PR. And it honestly, it was the last thing in my mind, um, to be honest. I it was, was serendipitous. It, it was yeah. serendipitous. It was a little – so I can't – you're not taking credit for it. I'm trying to give you credit for it. You're not taking credit for it. But 
it it is what it is. It is yeah, what it is. You were able to get it. So sometimes, you know, sometimes the muse, sometimes the universe just gives you a little bit of a helping hand. And that was a, that was one of them. Because I remember yeah, that, when that, I saw a good your advertising ad, tool, yes, a good advertising tool. And I remember when I was seeing your ads, I'm like, man, those ads are powerful as hell, man. Because anytime you've got testimonials like the ones you had, man, they're very, very, very powerful. Especially coming from a movie without any major giant, ma- you know, massive bankable stars in it. You know, Neil McConaughey is wonderful, but he's not Tom Cruise. So mm. you don't have that. And coming from a first-time filmmaker, quote unquote, uh, they really added a lot of value to it. All right. So what was the release? So how did you release this the first time? You went, you went TVOD first, right? Transaction. Um, yeah. Yeah. We just went full TVOD. And um, uh, yeah, we dropped it on, you know, Apple, Amazon, all the normal um, dudes. And, uh, but actually, let, I think let's, let's get a little bit more detailed for, for your, uh, for your Please. listeners, viewers. Uh, the movie is done. Right, we've made the movie, and I'm getting a lot of people ringing me up, going, "Ah, it's too fucking long, and it's too the, you know that the old too long thing." And I go, "You know what? Fuck it, I'm leaving it. It's only two hours, right? It's not like it's it's, it's not, not a three hour epic. It's not Titanic." And the, other, and the other thing too is, people will sit there and binge watch fucking ten hours of shit on Netflix, a completely padded out show without dropping a dropping a single. So, yeah, I, you know, I mean, none of them will whinge about it, but they and I go, no, fuck, I'm not. And you know what? I did a 90 minute cut, I did, and it was, it was, it was not, you know, it, 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 it was over too quick. Everyone I showed, they go, oh, well, it, it's sort of like, you know, the robots start attacking them, and then they're at the river and they're out, you know what I mean? They're, they're escaped because you had to get rid of a lot of stuff. 30 minutes is a lot of very exciting material. So I was, that's why I went screw it. I don't care about ninety minutes. I'm not. I'm not really that worried about making money or not. Um, it, it's nice to get your money back, which is great. But I had bigger agenda with the film, and the bigger agenda wasn't so much making money from the movie. It was just getting my name out there. So just remember that going in, part of the experiment was exactly what it's doing now. So I'm going to get all my. I'm going to get even more money back by doing all these other big movies that these people are. Telling me I'm going to get, you know, and we'll, we'll get to that, and we'll get to that's that. That's another again. story again. So we'll get to that later, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so then we, I decide after the um, after I've turned down these offers, you know, from the traditional means, um, and and literally that's when everyone thought this guy that owns this movie is a fucking complete loony. Do you know what I mean? Oh, all yeah. these sales guys were just. <laughs> Mark, Mark, at me I, like, Mark, I what? thought you were crazy. I thought you were crazy, Mark. Everyone thought I was crazy. And I went, you know what? It, because it's part of the experiment. The experiment was knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know how the distribution process worked. I wanted to know how you get your movies into transactional video on demand sites. I wanted to know how SVOD worked. I wanted to know how AVOD worked. I want to know how the theatrical machine worked. The, you know, the the business of making money in these four different areas. And they are four completely different areas, mm-hmm. theatrical especially. You know, you might have, oh, the movie's made $10 million. 
But really, what comes back to the filmmaker, this guy here sitting here, right, by the time the cinema takes half, by the time the agents take half, the delivery guys, the, the sales guys, everything, you know, you might end up with that much. Do you know what I mean? It's just like there's a lot of work. And then, hang on, and then there's the advertising that might be attached to your movie that's going to have to be reimbursed and there's all the shit that, is, is, that goes with it. Uh, here's for an example. A friend of mine has made a movie over here in Australia. It did really well around the world. I think about, he said it grossed like $25 million. He's still yet to see a single cent four years later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's going to come to him. Something's going to come to him. Like he can, he can, he rings me up and he, he's in tears. You know, about, he goes, fuck, I should have listened to you, mate. And I said, no, no, you shouldn't have listened to me. I'm doing something very fucking stupid. You did it the correct way. It just happened to work differently for me. But, but I, but you've got to understand what amount of stuff I put in place to make sure that works. So anyway, we, we go and do the whole TVOD thing through an aggregator. Uh, because the thing that sucks about the Amazons of the world and all these sort of guys, it's very hard for you as an individual to get your movie up on these sites. Amazon, you could probably do it with a lot of dancing and dicking around, but they, all of them now are very are pretty much critiquing movies. You can't just throw your movie up on all of those T-Bots. You know, they they will just go, no, it's a pile of stinking pile of shit. Now you're out. Stink. You know, so you just made a movie, but then you realize, fuck, I can't unload it anywhere because Amazon doesn't like it. Apple doesn't like it. Um, you know, Microsoft doesn't like it. IBM doesn't like it. Fandango don't like it. All these, whoever these, there's a fucking list of them all along, as you know. Mm-hmm. You still got to get it through all these people to get them to like your movie enough to put it on their platforms. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And that's got to unfortunately go through an aggregator, which is another fucking annoying word word for distributor, right? Mm -hmm. So there's always, there's going to be someone in your way, which is fine. And I don't know why Apple do it. Apple should be, you know, the best movie upload site in the world is Vimeo on demand, Mm -hmm. but no one fucking watches it. (laughs) No one uses it. (laughs) No one uses it. But it is the best of the best of the best. The reason is you could upload your movie in 4K, 8K, glorious, beautiful viewing. It looks stunning on whatever you put it on. You can upload your movie, all your subtitles. You can decide what countries you want to sell and everything in probably under five minutes. <clears throat> no one in your way. And they take 10%. Thank you, Mark. It's so fucking simple. So when everyone wants to see my movie now, go, mate, just go, go to Vimeo. It's going to be easier. And I'll actually make 90%. <laughs> right. Instead of the other way, which is, you know, like, Everyone else takes half and then other people and then there's the aggregator fee and there's blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I, I, I'm just going to – I think Vimeo have actually got a great thing there, but they have no fucking idea because Vimeo are just useless with their marketing and the way they've done things. Agreed, I am surprised that company is still doing what it's doing. It's obviously living off business, you know, sharing. I don't have no idea, but 
from a movie perspective, they if they invested in that properly for indie filmmakers, they would just own that whole space. <laughs> well, they own, they anyway. bought they bought VHX back in the day. VHX was mm. that that all that software, all that technology was VHX. They bought yeah. it, rebranded it under Vimeo Pro uh, or from Vimeo Movies or whatever it is, but they didn't do anything with it, and they never really no. market it. And it and there's you're asking anytime you're asking someone to put a credit card in, it's a layer of of resistance for them to yeah, buy the right. product. But if yeah, you're on if Amazon, PayPal, if they set up a PayPal and Apple Pay or whatever through Amazon, it would be just click, 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 right? But if it's Amazon, you click. If it's Apple TV, you click because you already have your information there. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Vimeo can set up those pay systems through Agreed. there if they really, if they really wanted to. Anyway, the thing about them, I'm, I'm not doing an ad for Vimeo. This is exactly. Um, that's that's the best platform to put put up a teapot, uh, your video. But every other one is a bit of a pain in the ass. So mm-hmm. anyway, we get accepted. You know, Apple say, yeah, we'll put it on Amazon. Uh, but you know that that still takes two to three months for that process to happen. And then you got there's a date that you want to do a release, and you're trying to sync up everyone all at the same time to release on the special December eighth. And everyone's telling me, oh, no, you're mad, Mark. It's too close to Christmas. You know, the amount of times everyone told me I was mad, right? Anyways, <clears throat> this, uh, so, okay, now go back a bit. This is where your book comes in. you got to sell it. No one knows that movie is going to be sitting on Apple TV or sitting on Amazon if you don't tell the world it's there. Now, this is my big fundamental mistake I made. <clears throat> I was... I got, um, well, how do I say this? Where I screwed up was I didn't spend enough in advertising. Mm-hmm. I should have spent a lot more and the movie would have got right out there. Because, you know, when you sell a movie on TVOD or PVOD, whatever you want to call it, there's a spike. It's a new movie, it's out, you know, so you got to create as much hype as you do it. The studios do it well. They might make a movie for $300 million or $200 million or whatever. They're going to spend the same amount again flogging it. <clears throat> I spent a million dollars on my movie. I should have spent a million dollars on advertising. Wow. Well, that would have been a hell of a risk, sir. <clears throat> no, no, it wouldn't have been because I, I, you could see all the stats and all the logistics, everything that comes to you in your analytics on your sales. This is a lot of stuff that distributors don't show you because they just mm-hmm. give you the little email saying, hey, you made $12 today. But the reality <laughs> is you get a lot of information, right, about who buys it, where buys it, the time they buy it, the, you know, the who's buying it, as well as when you do a lot of your digital marketing with your analytics, you can dig so deep into those analytics. You can, you know, female, 14, red car, lives in Minnesota, whatever, you know, you can really nail down on your target market. So that means you're not wasting your money <clears throat> selling, you know, like on your phone, Monsters of Man's not turning up on some 64-year-old grandmother's phone, right. right? You are literally, once you start getting all this stuff, this information, and we did some test trailers that we threw out there so we could see those test results. And then we, and we just, we, we did a little Indiegogo campaign, not so much to make money from it, but more so sell our movie through that porthole. Mm-hmm. This is your idea, remember? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so what I did, I thought, well, let's do an Indiegogo campaign and say, look, if everyone helps us with the advertising of our movie, um, everyone gets the movie free and odds and ends and all the extras and the behind the scenes and blah, 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 blah. And, um, yeah, and, and um, I think about $25,000, $30,000 turned up, which I thought, oh, that's great. Now, we already had a, like a quarter million dollars allocated for advertising. I just used that $25,000 from Indiegogo. We did all our marketing uh, pre the movie, and we could see all our trailer data spiking so much that people were watching it all, all the way through, which is super uncommon. Now, sure. I'm in the, because I'm in the advertising game, I hear, I see all the data from a lot of my advertisers, you know what I mean? And because they share it with me, they want me to know so they can help them make better commercials. And I'm looking at these, at, at how long people are staying on my ads and, and who is not staying on it. So I can see that there's this type of, this group of people that drive black cars and live over here and this and this age, they're only watching it for seven seconds, right? And these people are watching it for 30 seconds. These people are watching, you know, so I can really start getting my targeting right down. So <clears throat> we spent 25 grand on Insta, Facebook, YouTube, all that sort of stuff, and just pumped it out there. And we worked out uh, in that month lead, oh, no, so that two weeks leading towards um, the release of our film, we had over 50 million people had seen our trailer. Wow. For 25,000 bucks. 25 grand. Yeah, 25 grand. So our advertising worked. And mind you, I've, I've edited 40 trailers, different trailers, which we did A and B testing for weeks beforehand, right? So we, we did a real study in what's going to work, what's not going to work, you know what I mean? So the trailer that got put out wasn't the trailer I liked, but it was the trailer the masses liked, you know what I mean? So you got to stop. You don't make trailers for you. You make trailers for everyone else. And, you know, and the one we did for the testimonials really worked hard. The one with uh, Neil McDonough jumping up, you know, saying, you know, watch our movie. You know, there's a few key key little uh, shortest, I don't mean, a couple of shorter spots that really resonated with the with our research. So anyway, so I thought 50 million people fucking seen our trailer. All I need is a dollar from one of them. From, you know, <laughs> I just need a dollar from like 10% of these Hell, guys. 50, and I'm 50, 10 cents. 10 cents would have been good. 10, 10 cents. And I thought, Fuck it. I'm not going to spend my spare quarter million dollars I've got put aside <clears throat> for advertising. We've done it. We've, we've hit advertising gold. And this is where I start to smell my own farts and they're all fucking smelling awesome. You know? <laughs> the roses. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, uh, and, and anyway, off it went. It released. And it did great. It did great. But I knew. A year later, if I spent that quarter million dollars or if I spent a million dollars advertising, I've got it out wider because it's amazing how many people don't even know my movie exists. Mm-hmm. 25 grand, 50 million views is nothing. I realized that our, our base of interest needs to be upwards of 500 million people to make a decent dent on sales. Right. So that's a lot of advertising. So let me ask you a question. What was your ROI on the advertising money you made? So like for every dollar you spent in marketing, how much money did you make back? Give or take. Well, 25. 
On the 25, yeah, let's say on the 25. Okay, 25 grand, I don't know, we've made a million dollars. <laughs> it worked, right? So it's not so, a bad, so, so it's not a bad, so it's not a bad No, no, it's great. ROI is great. So, but, so, the, so yeah, I just yeah. want, I just want to kind of, stuff you for oh, that's in the first that's in the first three months too so it's not- right we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show yeah so- now it's, the movie's still making money now it's it's still ticking away nicely it's like a it's like an apartment building in the corner just ticking away rent so the reason I want, to, I want to stop you here for a second, so I want to just kind of highlight a couple of things you said because you're throwing out a lot of gold nuggets here. You <laughs> off of off of twenty five grand, you were able to generate your budget back comfortably at, a, at mm. in, within three months. That's unheard of in marketing. In market, that's unheard of. But if you would have put in just a quarter of a million, you might have been able to make three, four, five, six, seven million dollars possibly. Off of, off of those yeah, first look, three months. Would that, would that work? Or do you think not? Look, the, the more people that know about your movie and the more hype you can build on about it, what do you think Marvel do it this way? Mm-hmm. Right? What do, you do, what do you think all the big movies are spending so much money on advertising? Awareness. Awareness, 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 right? End of the day, with my 50 million people is really only one city in China. <laughs> it's like like not much right in the grand scheme of things and it's and and like in saying that million dollars in three months you know that million dollars slowly comes in over 12 months but that you can see that you can see the money being made including all our international sales which i'll talk about later so anyway so where were we what you threw me. Well, uh, you're, yeah, so you're advertising, right. advertising, advertising. I can't preach harder about that, actually. And that's where I think I made that that, that, that big mistake. I go, well, you know, we're in a very, very noisy world, right? It's a massively noisy world. It, there's so much shit on your phones now. It's hard to get cut through, mm. right? I, I, will, I could still spend a million dollars and you might see my ad. Maybe. You might if you're lucky. I mean, you're in the film industry, you know me, you'll probably get it. You'll probably get hit by it. But your neighbour, who is probably in the sci-fi films, how the fuck do you target him too, you know what I mean? So you're trusting that the Facebook machine, the Insta machine, the TikTok machine, the the YouTube machine are going to maybe get near that individual for your million dollars. So you need to really... Think about your advertising, your PR, um, you know, all your little news shit that goes out. Everything's got to be very well thought out. Now, that's a lot of work. Again, if you're going to get a distributor to do this for you, who are going to say you're mad, right? <laughs> but and if they they're going never, to do- would, By the way, they would never work this hard. They would never work this hard unless, they no, made no. A, unless they're making tons of cash. <laughs> yeah, look, no, they wouldn't. And they, they're, they're not going to say to you, hey, Mark, We'll sell your film, and we're going to put a million. We're going to invest a million dollars on advertising it, <laughs> right? Because right. a lot of these guys, a lot of the distributors, they know, right? They've been around the traps. They they've sold their. They've probably got four hundred movies on their shelves. You know, rats and mice. That's how they make their money. They get their little percentage of each one of them little movies, and that's how they pay. You know, send the kids to college, right? But a, a huge advertising campaign like that off the back of one of these little indie films that they would fucking shut you down and say you're crazy. But 
you do need the right product for it too. So if it's if it's just a couple of people running around fucking Detroit shooting each other and raping their girlfriends and you know and shooting police and you know just a, a, an action drama or whatever with no name actors, you'd never spend a million dollars because it's you they already know that it's never going to do any better than probably pick up a few hundred grand in, in the in the trenches. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If they're lucky with their little $6,000 advertising um, budget attached to it, <laughs> that, that, that they're fully allocated to it. But my movie was, that, okay, let's go back a bit. A friend of mine from a company that has a big red logo, right, mm-hmm. he gave me some data um, about what their AI robot says is hot right now. And in it, it said explosions, you know, make sure this many people die, blah, 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 blah. You know, it was literally a formula movie of just information that was coming into their business that would, so they could understand research. They could understand who's watching and who's demanding what to, to watch. So I saw these 10 key points action movie, sci-fi, this, that, and it literally had all this detail about what should be in a movie and what people are watching now. I went, well, that's fucking interesting. Let's go make a robot movie, right, and have some explosions and we'll do this and we'll do that. So so the movie wasn't like a brainchild movie of mine, which I've been sitting on that script for fucking 10 years and 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 I'm 50 drafts in. it's It's a one or two draft film which I was going to polish as we were going with the actors because I know actors bring a lot to the table. And with all the special effects and all that sort of stuff, I mean, we could talk about that later too, about what, how we did that. But the knowing that my movie was going to tick a lot of boxes when it came to sales. Yeah, I had an, a sort of a name actor in there with Neil, right? He's enough to give the movie street cred. His everyone face. loves him. Everyone knows his face. Everybody. Knows everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. He's a top guy. He's great for putting in your film, right? But he's not going to make you any money. He's just going to. But he's going to help you sell the movie. Like when you go to do all your sales internationally and all that sort of stuff, they go, "Oh, I know that guy. What's his name?" You know, you know what I mean. So, and next thing, it's it helps you get it over the line. So it's not like Neil's. Neil's not. He, no A-list by any stretch, but he gives the movie street cred. I wish I put a couple of more Neils in there as well, mm-hmm. right? Just a few more. And I'm, I'm thinking about doing a movie shortly, just another fun movie like this. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. But, uh, but I want to have a massive ensemble cast in there. I've, I've liked that. And we just have fun with it, you know. And Anyway, that's another thing. So so then we, um, we're just jumping off track here. Actually, no, we, we're branching off a little. Uh, we're, doing, we're branching off a little things. But no, what you said is. It, 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 pull me back in line, Alex. Pull I'll, put, me back I'll in bring line. you back. I'll bring you back in, sir. So you're TVOTing. You're sending things out. You're marketing like crazy. How many months do you go through transactional before you decide to go to uh, SVOD or Prime? Okay. Mistake number two. Mistake number two. Fuck SVOD. SVOD can go and eat shit all day, every day. 
By the way, you did get an offer from from that big uh, that big streamer that has a yeah, yeah. as well, right? It's all. <laughs> but you decided not to go with them. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Streaming is a very. It's it. Streaming is the cancer of indie film, as you know. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> right? in, in the yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. I decided it's my movie's doing so well on TVOD. It sort of fit the curve is bump, bumping down, right? But so did my advertising too. I probably could have kept it propped up longer. I got convinced to go, put it on Prime, put it on Prime, they're screaming for this. You know, they want it, they want it. Prime, Amazon, oh, fuck, we want it, we want it. It goes under Prime. I am top five in America for four weeks on Prime. It's getting smashed. Millions of people have watched my movie now in America. Mm-hmm. I see one or two or three cents per view. Her. Per view. I might as well have just fucking given it to them. All right? It is a total waste of time. There is no economic sense to put your movie on Prime. No e- economic sense at all. Don't put it on Prime. Don't put it near any streaming network. You see pennies pennies but you're saying that i I must i might have made like a hundred or two hundred grand millions of people watch my movie and i made a couple hundred grand done nothing now you're saying now you're saying that and i want i want to kind of put things into perspective here you're also making a good amount of money in transactional where most independent filmmakers are they don't even they can't make money in transactional because they don't know how to drive traffic so the only thing that they have is the potential of a prime and AVOD, which we're going to get to in a minute. But hopefully with this conversation, people will try to give transactional again. Again, it has to be the right product. You had the right product. I mean, it's, it's an easy sell. It's killer robots that look as good as anything the studio put out with great action explosions and things like that. People are going to watch that. But you're absolutely right. It's It's... SVOD and Amazon Prime and those kind of places is, is and that by the way is not AVOD. And we're gonna get into advertising. This is subscription based stuff. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. It is not that it's it's horrible. It's horrible. I wanted to know those numbers because I know you had it on there. You're like, yeah, I made a couple hundred grand off of top five on Amazon, like top five period, beating studios. It was sitting there forever. My friends were ringing me from America going, fuck, it's still there. <laughs> and you're like, you must be making tons. No, you weren't I, making I it. thought, I thought, fuck, this is it. New boat. Done. New cars. But, mate, fine. <laughs> feel the jet, feel the jet, you know, FTJ. <laughs> I mean, it was all the way. Anyway, but, you know. Okay, so that's fine. Not, uh, not so street, as far as I'm concerned, subscription-based movies is what have devalued the world's movies. Because mm-hmm. now, yeah, for seven bucks you, a month, you can go and watch a hundred movies a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could right just smash yourself with it, and you know, subscription company make a fortune because all they need is subscribers paying right. seven dollars each. Millions of those, boom, they make money, but. The actual people that own those movies and make those movies make nothing. Make nothing. So unless you're, yeah, unless you're in the studios, everyone is avoid SBOT. You know, and you might get the random. 
you might get Netflix or someone ringing you up and saying, hey, we'll, we'll buy it off you for a term. But the amount they offer you is nothing. They're quite happy to go and spend copious amounts of money making that film for themselves if they owned it. But now that it's made, it's not. It's worthless. It's they interesting. Now, they, they, right. they feel that like, well, it's already made. You've already made the film. Oh, well, here's here's fucking three hundred grand. Because look, but perfect if they example. were going to make it, they would they would have blown ten million dollars on making the damn thing. You know what I mean? They would have made. They would have spent ten million bucks to make Monsters of Man easily, oh. and they would have easily been spent ten, if not more, to make a movie like that. But when you want something like that drops in their plate, they should be like, you know what? Let's give you about a let's give you a couple mil for this because this is. This is solid. No, they won't even, even do the couple of bill, mate. That, those days are long gone. Yeah, yeah. no, no, you, you're, you're so fucking three years ago. Exactly. No, I agree. No, I agree. I agree with you. I understand. I know yeah. Amazon doesn't pay anything. I mean, Amazon, Netflix or Amazon, nobody pays anything anymore. Those days are those days are gone. All right, so you went to SVOD, but you still have transactional running. So people are still... Yeah, no, still- I'm leaving it there forever. And I, and I, after, you know, a couple of months on uh, SBOD, I saw the numbers. Like I got the, I can jump, you know, the, the, the aggregator I'm with has allowed me passwords to see inside Amazon. So I can mm-hmm. see everything. Mm-hmm. Great idea, by the way, every uh, everyone out there, if you <laughs> distributors, you want to be super transparent. Um, and then no one's going to try and brace back, you know, they're not going to try and kill you in the street. Just share, right. share the real data, and you'll be, um, and you'll have some good trust there, right? But anyway, I see all the information firsthand. I go through it every week still, and I can see if I'm if I made twenty two cents or twenty thousand dollars, whatever. It's just it's just all there. So anyway, I saw the prime data. I was like, holy shit, this is like pillaging and raping my movie. Do you know what I mean? It's like now all those potential TVOD people. I've now watched it for three cents for nothing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. So a, a big marketplace just got destroyed by Amazon Prime. So I go, oh, fuck it. You know, that's the system they run. That's fine. That's their life. I mean, I, I made the mistake of jumping on it. So, you know. Did you, uh, did you pull it out? Did you pull it out or you left it there? Oh, yeah. Fuck it. Oh, <laughs> fuck it. Get the fuck out of there. You know what I mean? I mean. The, the IMD TVs, the, all that sort of. Oh no, no, we're going up to A5 now. Okay, that's A5 now. Yeah. So, all right, so the, the transactional was still going, and you're still making money on transactional even during that time. Okay, so oh, not now, much now. Anyway, it, it, yeah, yeah. It not much forward. now. But my advertising has stopped. I'm about to reembark on relaunching the movie again, which is another thing. Which yeah, because we're because look, <clears throat> the thing is, it's it's not like the olden days where. A movie comes out, big, big hoopla. Everybody knows about it, and everybody knows it's released. Most people in this world do not know that your movie was ever released, so it's brand new to them. So you can re- remarket it, re-put it out there, and, and see what happens. All right, so now you're still making money off a of transactional. And we have tested that already, by the way. And, and so it's, we already know and that's going to work. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So then you go into the AVOD world, which is arguably the only place that independent filmmakers are truly making money in today's world unless you are you unless you know how to drive traffic to a transactional and have an audience that's willing to pay for your product avod is honestly the only place that people are making money from my understanding what's your experience and not for long mm-hmm. is the bad news okay tell me tell me tell me <laughs> yeah avod we dropped ours on shuby and yeah it, it, it exploded it was it went off 
It's good, right. The only goods and bads of Avon. The good thing with with Tubi is it's small and growing fast. It's full of low weight indie films, and even though my my movie pokes its head at the top of the poo, right? It's still, it's still, and it's still making money. What's happening now is the studios with their massive banks of movies over the last 40 years are dumping onto Tubi. So all of a sudden all your indie films are going to be lost, right? You're going to be forced down the bottom of the pile. Again, it's still there. People can still watch it. You can still drive people to Tubi to search it. Oh, there's, there's, oh, there's monsters, man, there. It's, you know, but you know, it's going to get getting buried right now. Right now, it's getting buried. Tubi can't put these these Hollywood movies on with Hollywood stars. They can't put that shit on quick enough right now. Right, because you've right. Got, you've got a, a, like a ten year old Brad Pitt movie, an action yeah. movie like Kill Me Softly or something like that, and no one's seen that, yet. Yeah, and people are like, oh, I don't forgot about that movie. Let me watch that. That's going to be watched every day over an independent film. And it's so funny you say that because in TVOD, indies were that's where money was made first. Then SVOD, indies, that's where the money was made first. Netflix was buying. No, Netflix was buying. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. If back they, in the if day, fine. If yeah, they were buying. No, no, they were buying independent projects, independent films, and they were spending money. And Amazon was at Sundance and. Everybody was so same thing happened. Then the studio's like, no, no, shroom. And then diluted that. Then Avod, oh God, oh God, oh God. And then now the studios are dumping that in. The next one is YouTube. And the studios have yet to do that in you in the YouTube world. They're they do clips and they're monetizing the clips off of their movies, but they're not putting yeah. their full movies up for free yet. But that's the next well, they place. Will. They will, because I'm in talks with them now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 happening. But here's what's happening, right? Here's what's happening with AVOD space. Like things evolve so quickly, as you know, it's just nuts. You think you found your little, you think you found a little gold mine, right? You think you found it, you're in there and you're like, fuck, this is it. And then it gets, everyone else finds the same gold mine. (laughs) Like everyone piles into the same gold mine. So it's, um, You know, for instance, Netflix, I bet you know, not a word of a lie, I have no oh, they're idea. Going, they're, they're going Avod. They're going Avod soon. Oh, there you go. Oh, no, they they're going to absolutely, there's no question in my mind that Netflix in the next two years will have an Avod option like yes. Hulu does. Paramount. All of them Paramount, will have an Avod. Yeah, all of them, all of them will be, everyone will be Avod, and then Tubi will be the little lonely kid in the corner that started the whole fucking shit show. They'll be there back with all their indies again. <laughs> so, and nobody's going to want to go over there again. But, no. but yeah, because That's, now, every, now be, you'll be able be to watch. Be. Because now Tubi is going to have to fight Paramount, Disney. All, all of them will eventually have a AVOD option. If you yeah. want to spend your money, you want to spend 15 bucks a month or 10 bucks a month, you could do it ad-free. So they'll still have both revenues, and they're going to be happy. Because ima- imagine right now if HBO... Goes advertising, Avod. How many people would, would jump on a watch HBO? How many people would watch Disney Plus? More than they do now. It's, I want people to understand how difficult it is to make money with a movie in today's marketplace. It's absolutely cutthroat, brutal. I, you know, I'm going to be speaking at AFM this year. 
Uh, I'll be there in November. I'm dying to see what everybody's talking about and what everyone's, because from my experience going to the market, everybody's just like, I don't know what, what's, what, I don't know, maybe this, maybe that. No, nobody knows. No distributor really knows what's going to happen in the next three or four years. No. So that's oh, why no, your, your case study is so yeah. interesting. Distributors work, distributors work, bless their cells, on commodity. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. All right. Right. They are, their business is not about selling movies. Their business is about collecting movies. And Absolutely. Repeating. So the more Building movies the they libraries. have, yeah, they need, the more movies they have in their libraries, the more little rats and mice, you know, it just sprinkles money on them, little bits of money, but it all adds up in the, in the end of the day. And we get it. You know, so if you're going to do that, get a distributor to help you. He, number one, transparency. Try and get that person for fifteen percent or less, and um, and flog the advertising yourself as hard as you can. Even though they want to do it, they're going to charge you for it and probably spend a quarter of what they've told you they're going to spend. Right. Which was then, <laughs> if you're going to spend the money on the advertising, then at the end of the day, why the hell are you going to? Go with them, maybe. Maybe you can make a deal to go into AVOD or something like that. I don't know. All right. So, all right. So, one question I did want to ask you about the TVOD. What is the platform that made you the most money? Apple, Amazon, Google. What was the platform that, in, in order? Because a lot, there's a lot uh, of myth Amazon, about Amazon. Which one? Amazon was uh, probably 70%. Wow. And that's a va- so valuable for people to understand because a lot of people still think that Apple and iTunes is the place to rent that they're like, oh, I have to be on iTunes. iTunes at the beginning of the TVOD revolution was the place to be, but Amazon's just, a, everybody's on Amazon. I think, I think Amazon's just, um, everyone's got an Amazon account buying shit online, right? So it's easy got a, prime, a lot of people have prime accounts. Yeah, prime accounts. It just comes with, when you subscribe, when you order comes. your toilet paper online, you get you your Amazon Prime. You got free yeah. shipping, you've, you've got Amazon Prime. Yeah. Very clever, very very clever. So, so yeah, Amazon so really, Amazon is a beast. You know, it, it makes good money. It you know when you look at all your uh, data that comes online through their um, through their portal, you mm-hmm. you get to see all your sales. You um, you can do it yourself. You can literally load it up on Amazon yourself, hoping that they like it. You know what I mean? If it's yeah. a stinking pile of shit, they will just pull it off over time. <clears throat> yeah, without warning. Yeah, so, but, without warning. Without Pardon? warning, without yeah. warning, they'll pull it off. They'll just pull things okay, off. If it's not them. making money, I can I can see why, right? Because data data costs money, and they've just got so much stuff sitting up online at the moment. Absolutely. So, so um, okay, so so the so Apple TV, it. I got yeah, I got fleeced by Apple. Oh, not so much by Apple, but they've got these recommended uh, list of oh. aggregators. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Distributor was one of those. Distributor was one of those months a long time ago. Fuck, <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> So Apple, Apple just seemed to hire all the fucking the oh, winners. I don't hire. Winners. Apple seemed to recommend all the shonks, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this company cell um, name unnamed, and we are trying to sue them at the moment. But they literally stole most of our Apple profits. Yeah. Jeez. So they probably still owe us a half a million dollars or more, and maybe even more. I mean, we literally physically had to take the movie down from Apple, 
wait three months and then put it back up again. <laughs> like very disruptive from that angle. But Apollina Big, um, Apollina Big earner uh, as much as Amazon. Amazon is the machine. Apple is next. Um, but believe it or not, um, yeah, Google, you, uh, Google Play slash YouTube sales were very good as well. And Microsoft was amazing. It was. Oh, you mean on PlayStation? Yeah, uh, and all that stuff. Or no, Xbox. I mean, Xbox, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Xbox, PlayStation, whatever it was. That, that, no, not PlayStation. Yeah, Xbox Xbox. went up. That's one. What else? But that makes sense with your kind of. And all the rest, you know, the Fandangos and the Voodoos and all that. Don't waste your fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody (laughs) rests. Yeah, I think we got like $14, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, it's that's really good. good. That's really good information for people listening out there because a lot of times they'll spend all this money with aggregators. Like, I got to have it on Fandango and on Voodoo. And I'm like, no, no. I always tell them, I have always said, I've always consulted uh, filmmakers to do Amazon. I go, iTunes is vanity. That's a vanity play. Just to say to people, I'm on Amazon. Yeah, but you're still making money there. And a lot of people, like here in my house, for instance, we don't, we don't buy shit from Prime. Maybe. I don't either. I, I use Apple TV. But those are yeah. the two ones that you could, you really, if you're going to spend money, Amazon, Apple, maybe Google, maybe Google yeah. Play, maybe Google. Like I'm finding myself now, I'm starting to buy more movies. I mean, I've got all the S pods, right? I've got mm-hmm. the primes, the fucking this, the, sure, they're sure, there. Sure, sure, they're sure. all, they're all a thumbprint away. Uh-huh. But it's all, it's, it's, a lot of it's just crap. It, 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 you know, maybe I watch too much and I've gone through all the good stuff, but. You've you've I'm, you've reached I'm the end of the now. internet. <laughs> yeah, but now I go. Oh look, here's the latest Elvis just turned up. You know, so I'll just I'll buy it. Twenty five bucks. Fucking what the hell is this? Bring me Elvis into my room. You know, I've got a really nice uh, theater in our room in our house. So it's like I've seen it's great. I've, I've seen pictures of your theater, sir. It's a, uh, it's embarrassing. So you should you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the theaters aren't that expensive to set up, by the by the way. They're they're not as much as they used to be. That's for sure. Um, now, okay. So with Avod, so in a in the Avod world, what are the rankings? To be number one, and I know IMDb TV, which is now Freevee, uh, is uh, I heard that's doing really well. And so what in Avod? Where are you making your money? It to be the IMD, uh, IMDb TV in the UK is going great guns at the moment. Um, which the, is now turned into freebie, by the way, and I think that's changed. I think in the UK as well. Uh, what you know, whatever they've weird. Yeah, they rebranded it. Um, and then <coughs> we're not on all the AVODs yet. Um, because I'm still, I'm still, I'm still up in the air about AVOD. I mean, it's there and it's going to sit there for the next twenty years, bubbling away. But you still got to drive traffic to it. But you can make more money still. I can get one sale hmm. on TVOD, right, which is, equates to 50 people watching my movie on AVOD. Does that make right. sense? It makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. But if you, you got to find a customer that's willing to pay for it, either rent it yeah. or so – and you can. Obviously, well, you can. Well, I'm going to spend that money. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna do a new advertising campaign, and you know, I'm gonna throw thousands at it, and it's gonna be because I know every time we have put advertising in, we see massive spikes in sales. So the other day, I just did one as a bit of a muck around, just a play thing, right? I put a thousand dollars in, and we got like seven or eight grand worth of sales. 
extra sales. How much did you put in? A thousand dollars. So you're Just getting a, so you're getting a seven to eight return on hmm. your on your money on a dollar. No, it's more. It's a seven. That's three four hundred percent, huh? Yeah, exactly. So you're so you're not doing not doing bad. I, I mean, I'll do that all day. <laughs> Just keep putting money in if you keep taking that ROI. Why not? You put a dollar yeah, well, in, you get eight dollars back. Yeah, all of a sudden you don't see the income coming in with your advertising going in. You just fucking turn it off. But at the end of the day, you just leave it there. I mean, it, it, the, the sales from that area are just are just topping up your advertising spend. So just so, it's just a cyclic system. It's very basic and simple. Yeah. So and I'm thinking about and the original name of my movie was Robot Four. Do I relaunch the movie again as Robot 4 and put up the 90-minute one? You know what I mean? I don't know. All these That's things it. are going through my mind. You could, you could do Plus that because the you... The man is the director's cut. Robot 4 is the fucking, is the, is the, uh, the cut down, you know? You know, the thing that's wonderful about your story is that you are generating revenue. You've, you've turned your movie into a money-making machine, which is exactly what the book talks about how to turn your movie into a money-making machine. You've been able to do that using all of these little tools and tricks and stuff. Did you generate, I saw that you're selling, or at least you're focusing energy on the single from the, the music single. Is that something you own or are you just trying to give love to the artist? On your Yeah, website? well, that's my, my daughter sang that song at the end. Oh, wow, that's awesome. She did great. Yeah, it's a great she, song. She's a very accomplished uh, musician, uh, oh, you know, singer-songwriter. She was living in Sweden at the time. And I said, hey, do you want to um, do a song for the movie? The movie. And, the end and she goes, oh, no. Yeah, because I stress her out apparently. So anyway. <laughs> Shocking. Said, go, go have fun. Anyway, she sent it to me. She was shitting herself and she sent me the <coughs> sent me the track. We chucked it on the timeline at the end. Let's drop it straight over it. And it was perfect. And I go, it's great. Darling, love it. And she's like, what? Don't you want me to change anything? I said, no. That's your piece of art. And we're going to. Has your family? My so son helped help me shoot the film. My wife helped me produce the film. My daughter wrote a little tiny piece of music at the end of it. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. You know, I'd, did you I'd generate any revenue post. with that? Did you generate any revenue? Has she generated any revenue with sales from that song or no? Oh, I'm sure she's made a few cents. You know. The music industry is it's as bad as worse. That's worse. Oh, it's on Spotify. How much do you make? Negative two cents every time. You owe us money every time someone plays it. <laughs> Spotify started the whole cancerous subscription-based bullshit. I mean, I've I've got a lot of disdain for that model because it, you know, one good thing about Netflix, I suppose, is Netflix will find a filmmaker with a good idea, give them the money to, to go and make the movie, give them their producer's fee, director's fee, and that's it. They'll keep the movie and fuck you off and that's it and it's all done. So Netflix are great for um, creating content and paying crew and directors and producers that didn't have the money to make that movie mm-hmm. and do it themselves. You know what I mean? So good on good on Netflix for that. but. It's it's sad when they see a great movie, but they won't pay that filmmaker what that movie um, is at worth. least cost, at least what it cost. You know what I mean, or what they what it could be worth in the marketplace. 
Um, because, yeah, I've seen a lot of my friends that have sold to Netflix and they are like getting chump change. You know, that, the and waiting forever and waiting forever for that chump change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the deals are very long, like long, <laughs> like oh yeah, three three year deals, and they get paid once a year a dividend. And if they don't, and it, if it's not really working, and it's falling off the the grid a bit, they'll just they'll drop a year out of year. Anyway, I, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of different deals going through. I don't really know in detail. I don't really want to know. It's um, I just see my my filmmaking friends all upset, and they cry in their beer in front of me. So, but, uh, so let yeah. me ask you. So let me ask you then, because we've kind of hinted about this through the conversation. You use this as a, a calling card for uh, for Hollywood to go off and do some movies. Uh, you uh, from from our uh, from our past conversations, uh, which will you know we won't say who, but you've had some pretty big players in the in in the studio system call you uh, about yes. possibly doing some work. Can you talk whatever you can say about that? Let me know. Can you talk about it? Yeah, there's a few little NDAs, so I can't talk too much. But um, yeah, the bigger the, the biggest of the best, the biggest of the biggest have called, and the smallest of the smallest have called, or you know, and everyone in between. Um, yeah, I've been probably sent well over a hundred scripts, I think, since the movies come out. Um, I've attempted to read most of them, but if they don't have me in the first ten pages, I'm fucking, I'm out, you know. Uh, but it's um, you know what I, I it's a hard game even for the studios right they they might have the money they might have the clout they might have everything but there's a big there's big machines attached to to a lot of it and <coughs> I'm wary to do the big the big giant studio job next because I know I'm going to have a bit of a hand up the coit puppet thing you know i'm going to be tortured <laughs> and um and right. really they're not going to get my full potential because they're literally it's going to be directed from the sidelines right you know what i mean so why ring me i mean what they need they just they need to employ and this is why a lot of young directors that are shot short films are doing massive blockbusters because the studio just needs a puppet in there to to start together they've already directed it they already know what it's going to be like the vfx sequences are done yeah you know there's there's 10 directors on that movie and it's not the one that they hired you know he's just he's just maybe the fall guy (laughs) right and the thing and you go and do those big movies and it doesn't do well and your career is over and done with the rest of your life it's all done finished you know so i've been very careful with who i (coughs) jump in bed with and a lot of them tell you, a lot of them tell you, oh, Mark, Mark, it's going to be your vision. You've got total utter creative control, blah, blah, blah. But you know that's complete utter bullshit, right? You know. Give me final cut. Will come out of the come out Give of the me closet. final cut. Ask for final yeah. cut. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, look, I, I, I love and, all the, and respect all the guys that have called me and the people we're still talking to. And we've, we've got this. There's a half a dozen guys with their films, uh, the big, biggest, well-known producers, and they've got some really great script ideas. Uh, I'm really excited, actually, about what's coming up. Uh, now, the thing is, they are still at the mercy of actors, <laughs> right? They are still at the mercy of they don't get money unless that actor signs. Um, 
And they still got to try and convince that actor that Mark Toyer is the director for the job, right? So there's all these hurdles. I might have opened the door uh, nice and wide and everyone's jumping on the Mark train because they go, well, Toyer just made a fucking movie what would have cost us catering money, you know, and he's made a whole movie without catering budget and it's, and it's pretty good. And they go, and that's why jumping on the because they see me as a bit of a meal ticket in that sense, which is great. And I want them to see me as a meal ticket. Yes, I can do all the special effects myself. I shoot myself. I do everything a whole lot myself, and I can do that stuff so swiftly and easy. And I can, and I know how to break the rules. I don't need the technocranes. I don't need all that shit that complicates a movie and makes a movie massively expensive. So, and they still get their big budget looking movie for probably quarter the price. So, and they know that it's so hard for them now to make movies, to make profit on a movie. So all of a sudden, people like me that are sort of multi-skilled, are, we become a, the commodity. We become the, 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 their little gold mine for a bit. So, so I've proven that with the monster movie, the Monsters of Man movie. Uh, now I just need to prove to that so same people that I can do deep drama as well. So then my, I'm going to do another film where it's going to be very, very actor-driven, and that'll just tick off that box. So I can do the action and I can do... Now, are you going to release it the same yeah. way or, are you, or what are you going to do with that one? Yes, that one why that... not? It worked, right? <laughs> yeah, but you, but there's no explosions, there's no killer robots, sir, so I'm not sure the drama... Said that's, there's going to be no explosions. Oh. <laughs> Maybe old mate goes in there and he's, you know... And he, and he holds up a petrol station in LA and we blow up the petrol station, right? So there's an explosion. Maybe there's an explosion. You're right. You need trailer moments. Seriously. If, you, if you're going to sell a movie, you need moments in that trailer where people go, this looks fucking cool, right? It, it just, it, you can't be stupid, right? Dramas don't sell. Every don't. distributor in the world will come and tell you, unless you've got Meryl Streep in the bloody thing, it won't sell. And even if it has Meryl Streep in it, doesn't we don't still don't know. Right. So if you're gonna do a nice, beautiful drama or you know, a love story, or whatever, the odds of you making a dollar are fucking next to nothing. And also, by the way, you also sold you've also sold this film to territories individually, right? So you're doing that as well. Yes, yes. We're, it's in about 140 different countries now. You know, we need to go to a region, you know, like to Japan, French speaking countries. All of a sudden, that combines 30 countries or something. You know what I mean? So, it. but it's not hard to, you know, it's nice to say, yeah, I've sold it to 150 countries. But the reality is, um, you've sold it to, you know, probably a dozen or more regions that encompass those countries. But yeah, no, we've, we've done pretty good out of that. Yeah. yeah. And those are, those and are flat. The thing is, too, I probably could have made a lot more. I mean, I'm during, I think it was, uh, I think it might have been, what's that fucking dodgy show you love going to, the a AFM? AFM? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Film so, <laughs> yeah, there was a guy there and he rang me up and he said, I'll give you a million dollars for the movie <laughs> for international sales, right? I should have just given it to him because international sales are such a pain in the ass. <laughs> but, oh, that's a whole other level of, of crazy. Yeah, it is a whole lot of little crazy. And, you know, the Germans will ring up and they go, oh, Mark, we love your movie. It's fucking great. But our AI robots have scanned your movie and we've found 137 problems with it. And I go, what fucking problems? You know? Oh, QC so you problems? Go down to the first, 
that you go down to the time code and there's like a pixel out that no one will ever see ever, <laughs> you know, fix that. And they go, oh, there's a little bit of artifacting. And I go, well, it's fucking stock footage. Of course it's going to have an artifact. And I've destroyed the footage. Q- QC, QC, yeah. Yeah, so the, yeah, all the QC stuff. And you just go, out of it, I think there were probably out of the 100-something comments, there's probably four things that were, oh, okay, there is a time, there's a missing frame there or something. Do you know what I mean? Which you never, Real serious which, stuff, you, yeah. You could watch that movie a thousand times and never see the missing frame. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. But the robot picked it up, you know. But anyway, so what, you fuck around with the, the Germans for, for six, eight months. Just try to get your movie QC. Where everyone else, it's playing around the world and no one else has any other problem with it. <laughs> Germans, but it's uh, Germany. It's Germany. Anyway, they paid well, and fr- the French paid well. And the fucking, it, uh, I've, I've pur- purpose. Sorry, mate. I'll turn this thing off. I've purposely kept all the English-speaking countries for myself. Okay. You know, so America, Canada's, Australia, New Zealand, blah blah blah. In anywhere that they speak English, I've, I'm not going to sell the rights to the movie for that unless they. And this, this is a nice fat check. The, the Netflix or the Amazons ring up and just dangle a carrot, which they won't, completely won't. But it's a, I, I love keeping the English speaking one for myself because that, that's the one that's going to just keep t- churning over for me forevermore. That's you know, that, amazing. This got probably one distributor rang me saying, you know, telling me everything I wanted to hear, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. They always do. But they, uh, he said, this thing's probably got, with his body of work that he's got, that he's selling, he said, you've probably got another 10, 15 years in it because it's a relatively current subject. Your post-production's done really well. It's not shot in a city that's going to age. Right. He said the only thing that ages the movie is Neil McDonough has a wire coming out of his ear where everyone's Bluetooth now. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought, fuck it, maybe I'll just paint the wire out. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Now, is there going to be a sequel? Nah. Nah. Come on, you you left us open at the end. Come on. Yeah, no, I did on purpose. It's um it 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 there could be. There's a lot of a lot of people have rung me, not a lot, there's been a few people that have rung me going, Hey, can we do can we do the, the second version? You know, we'll pay for it, write it, the whole box nice, but we want you to direct it. And I went, get back to me. You know. I'm not investing no time into it. You guys want to go and do that? That's fine. You go nuts and get back to me, and we'll we'll decide then. So, but I, I mean, I, you know, I'd like to do a, a, a I'd like to do a Monsters of Men too. It'll be it would be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. Yeah, yeah so, and it it literally is opened up to go bigger because I when I was making the movie, I thought fuck, I just I just want to go full Michael Bay. If you know, like if a studio <laughs> goes. Uh, we're going to give you some money for this. You're like, okay. Well, if, let's I start do this. Doing, if I start doing movies for studios, I'm going to try and convince them to um, just fucking do a Michael Bay execution of this. So, one, you know? so, my question to you is, sir, do you regret reading Rise of the Film? <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I didn't read the book. Sorry. I don't like killing trees. You but listen. You're, you but, listen. But the, the, um, the ebook was fantastic. And and I've recommended it to a lot of people. Don't you worry. No, no, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate. I mean, that. it's 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 
you know, you probably just need to do a, um, what do they call the addition to? Oh, yeah, I have to, do, I have to, I have to update it. Yeah, I got to update it. Yeah, there's yeah. there's. But there's you might talks. have to do one every year. You might have to do one every year because shit changes so fast. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the core concepts in there are still going to be good for, they're evergreen, but there's some things that I wish I, I, I need an expanded edition. I need to do a second edition and a third edition and a fourth edition. Yeah, no, I can't recommend it highly enough. It is, that, that book is, yeah, look, yeah. Like I said, when I was listening to it, I was just going, it's so fucking logical, right? <laughs> it's so logical. And, with, and, you know, there's so many alarm bells in the film industry, so mm. many alarm bells. If you were an indie guy wanting to make a movie, you really need to go to therapy first because and read your book. I was a, one of the lucky ones, but I the amount of effort and energy I put in behind my movie to make sure it didn't fail was extraordinary. And you also, like and you also have a massive volume of, of expertise, uh, education, knowledge about all of the things you're doing. So you also are an anomaly in your own right, just yourself. So it, it, it takes a lot to do what you've done without question. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I've, I know the whole post-production thing. I've been doing post forever. So I can post a movie on my laptop <laughs> on an airplane. Same here. Yeah. I, could, I could make an 8K movie, like literally in my, on my laptop, where other people have got to go to a post house and they get completely, like, right, not Take right, it. you know, like that, they will, you'll be getting a, a fucking big bill if you did it that way. Right. Um. The, you know, just, you know, people go, oh, I've made a movie for 30 grand. I said, yeah, but by the time you do proper sound, proper everything so you can sell it to certain companies, this, it, all that's going to cost more than your movie if you want to do it properly. You know what I mean? Because a lot of these companies won't even take your movie with your shitty stereo sound that you did in Premiere. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, oh, they won't. So many, this, the stems you need to supply alone. Oh my God! Just the, the audio stems, the deliverables, yeah. and then you get into QC with the pixel here and the pixel there. The oh all this goodness, kind of, I mean, it, it goes, you know, it, it, And the reality is, no, the reality is that's so overcooked and so overhyped. I think that's been manufactured by post houses to give them more work. But the reality <laughs> is, look at, the, look at the amazing content you see on YouTube now, done by young kids at home. And yep. and they bring up these amazing pieces of content. No one cares about if there's a fucking missing frame or a pixel out or whatever. And it, and it looks fantastic. So yeah, a lot of that the film QC is just a load of shit. But mm-hmm. anyway, I, I, I would I would agree with you 100. percent And and by the way, if you do have a distributor that will take that crappy version with the crappy audio, I promise you they're never going to pay you. <laughs> no, because no, they would have to be fixing it. Yes. <laughs> if they'll fix it or they'll just put it out the way it is and they just don't care and they're just going to see whatever money trickles in, like you say, the little, the little, the little, the little tr- uh, crumbs that get thrown off of it. It and is, and, look- you know, but on the, for the record, I don't want to diss on distributors because distributors are there uh, for a reason that they're there to fulfill a job that you're too lazy or inexperienced to do yourself. Agreed. Agree, agree. Now I walked into I walked into this completely inexperienced. I've come out a fucking Swiss Army knife. You know what I mean? And so I know all the pieces. So now I know what a real distributor should be doing. 
Right, but, know, most them, but most of them, but most of them don't. <laughs> but most of them are not going to do it. Uh, but you, but you know what? You're absolutely right. And it's not that we rag on distributors. Distributors have a job to do, and there are good ones out there. It's just the majority of them. Not a great ones. Not not that great. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and there's distributors that have a lot of reach, and there's ones that don't. You know, um, right? There's you know, a it's, couple. It's all it's all fun and games. You know, I for for example, this is what a movie is worth now. Now that the streamers have literally devalued a feature film to literally is now officially a feature film is now officially officially worth about three cents. Mm-hmm. That's what your feature film is worth in the marketplace. Three cents. It, that's very sad when you say that, right? And I say that three cents because if the movie will eventually end up. A, an AVOD or SVOD or wherever, but that's probably all you're going to get from your movie after your TVOD experience is about three cents every time someone watches it. So you go, now, I sold a little bit of stock footage the other day, right, <laughs> to Netflix yep. for, you know, through, you know, for our, through, um, just through our stock guys, and I made $1,500 for five seconds. Oh, so oh, I made five, oh yeah. Well, you know, from an advertising perspective, that's great. So the thing is, how is a movie with so much work and effort from hundreds of people worth three cents when people watch it? But your stock footage, I, it was a picture of a fucking stop sign. I got like hundreds of dollars for. So, so, so a perfect example is look. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say tomorrow I open up a new service that allows you to get bananas on demand demand any anytime you want a banana you just have to just open up your 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 uh your cupboard and there's a banana there because i've set up a technology that allows you to do the bananas before bananas used to cost you know 69 cents a pound 99 cents a pound which is not a lot of money but there's a lot of volume in bananas now i've essentially brought down bananas to less than a less than a penny per thing all of the hundreds of thousands of people that go into creating bananas, cultivating them, packing them, picking them, packing them, shipping them, all of that, all of those people, how are they going to be living? And that's exactly what's happening to us as filmmakers. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. We are, we are not able to make a living doing this. And you and I are both old enough of, of, of similar vintage to remember the 80s, the 90s, and even the early 2000s, where you can make crap movies and make a lot of money with it. But now you can't. And the distributors are still trying to figure it out. All of them. The studios are trying to figure it out. Which is, which is the biggest studio in Hollywood right now? Which is the biggest studio in Hollywood right now? The one that makes the most money. I would have no idea. Disney. But what? Uh, Disney. Disney. Now, why does Disney make the most money? Because they use the film entrepreneur model. Because the money, <laughs> I didn't invent it. They've been doing it since the day of seven, the Seven Dwarfs. The second they put Mickey Mouse on a T-shirt, they started making money outside the film industry. So now, no, where are they? So where are they making their monies when when they do a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie or Frozen? They made a billion dollars off the dresses of Frozen alone. No? According to my according to my friend who works at Disney, a billion off the first movie, and that movie, by the way, made a billion in in the box office. 
and they made a they make more money off of everything else they sell than the actual movies is that they stopped being a movie studio a long time ago they're about selling baby yodas that's what they want to sell they're not mandalorian makes them some money but it's a marketing tool and that's what the film entrepreneur method is all about it's about doing that but for the independent and focusing on niches and all that kind of stuff but but that's the, that's and that's the future and that's why a lot of these other studios are having more difficult times surviving and making yeah. you know making money because it's just man I, I don't know where this is all going to go my friend but your story is very inspirational i wanted to have you back on the show thank you so much for being so candid and open uh with the audience and with the tribe about your 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 adventures over the last 2 years getting this movie out into the world and of course when you make your next movie we will be here to hear what happens with that one as well. And, and if you do decide to make one of those big movies, please come back. I want to love to hear this, the stories from the inside of the studio walls as well. Yeah, look, I think I, I will. I will because it's, you know, I've, I've got a lot, of, a lot of time for you, Alex, and, 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 and the information you give to a lot of filmmakers because – I see a lot of young fellas making movies, or young people, sorry, not young fellas, but young people making movies, and I'm already looking at dead people walking, right? In many They're, ways, you're absolutely right. And I want to go over there and, and just say, look, don't, don't. It's, <laughs> and I go, no, fuck it, I can't. You know, they've got to go down their path of creating something, you know what I mean, creating something to sell. And... um it's, you know, I think telling a movie is like writing a book, right? For, for a writer writing a book, yep. for a chef cooking the best fucking food of his life, for a filmmaker creating the best movie he can with his own hands, it, it, it's a creative release. And, and it's great if, you get, if you've got a rich dad or a mum or whatever that it's just going to dump money on you to go and make your, your movie and, and have fun. But the realities are if you're going to use other people's money, there's a responsibility there. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you're never going to be, you're always going to have this monkey on your back if you borrow money from the accountant down the road and Aunt Mary the and dentist. Dad yeah. and someone's mortgage to their house and you go and make a movie and it doesn't make any money, right? Forevermore, the stress that will be upon your head. And the, and, the, and the reason why you're not going to make money is not because you might make the most amazing film Look, you like you know we had a little breakthrough with our one, and you you did everything right, and you got your money back. But the odds, if you don't do everything right, yeah. you know, and and it doesn't work, it's gonna it. And the odds are it's not. There's I I don't even know. I've 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 I know countless filmmakers, independent like myself, truly independent guys, that have made movies and reached out to me and literally. None of them have got a good story for me. You know what I mean? They're literally ringing me up asking me how. And it's really, really sad. that Some of the stories I've heard have, have been decimated. I mean, terrible. And I've showed them. I go, look, I'm going to tell you my process. And they go, oh, well, that's where I fucked up there. Well, that's okay. That's what I And, you know, and I fucked up in certain areas selling my film as well. I know I could have made a lot more money with it. You know what I mean? But, but lesson learned. It's a life lesson. But you know what? And, and the other thing, the system too, is you can get into the traditional system and just make wages. You can go and get your director's fee and whatever. You know, 
that's the other thing too about being a director is the director's probably the, you're not going to get paid much as a director. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a friend of mine that's finishing a movie now for, for Netflix and he worked out because he ended up, you know, um, hanging out with the makeup artist and making out with her. He worked out that per hour, <laughs> right, per hour, the amount of time he spent on the movie compared to the amount of time she spent on the movie, she was making four times more than him. <laughs> Because he got a contracted amount of X amount of dollars, you know, a right. few hundred grand. She came in just for, you know, the four weeks to shoot this thing or five weeks. She was making more money per hour than him. So really, as a director, a movie director, you get jack shit unless you're going to be like a fucking famous Marvel director. Maybe, you know, after your second or third Marvel film, you might be making some good dough. But the reality is even a lot of the offers I've been getting, I go, fuck, massive pay cut. You know, I, I could make what they offer, I could make doing an ad in or stock two footage. weeks or in two footage. or three weeks. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're literally paying me, if you want me for a year and a bit and you're going to pay me a month's income. <laughs> like, yeah, directing ain't work. Directing a movie is not really, don't, what, please what, don't what, get your hopes up here. Yeah. Right, exactly. And by the way, your story is could have been a cautionary tale very easily. You could have, if you didn't know marketing, if you didn't know mm-hmm. Facebook ads and YouTube ads, if you didn't make your money in TVOD and just try to throw it on AVOD or on, let's say you just would have thrown it on Amazon Prime and left it there, you, you might have been able to make some money with it, but it wouldn't. It, it, this story could have gone wrong in multiple places. Multiple. Yeah, I wanted, I, but I did want it to fail, and I, if it was going to fail, I wanted it to fail with my own hands. I didn't right. want it to fail on someone else's hands, because then I would have kicked myself stupid for allowing myself right to let it fail with not. Because if I'm if I'm going to put no effort into selling that film, right, get someone you're sitting back going, oh, they're going to do everything for me because they told me they're going to. Do two thousand dollars in marketing for the PR, and they tell me they're going to spend six grand here, and 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 the movie's going to blow up, right? Right. I knew that was bullshit because I'm in the advertising world, <laughs> okay, right? I know that's complete utter shit. I'm like six grand don't get you shit, nothing, nothing. And online news, you know, when you hit the PR companies and they put stuff on all those fucking oh the PR web things, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fucking no one reads that crap. Come on, no one. And how do you how do you even justify monetizing it? You know, it might end up in variety, and it's like poof, gone. It's like it got you nowhere. <laughs> it's so. It's it, listen. I hope this conversation inspires and scares the shit out of people at the exact same time because it is definitely an anomaly. It is a cautionary tale. It's an inspirational tale, um, and this is the reality of where we are in the world right now, and where we are going as filmmakers. That's why I wrote the book. So we have a fighting chance because in the book, you read it, you know, you've got to execute things in order for it to work. And you've got to do a lot of work. That's not the filmmaking part of it. It's not the working with actors and getting in the edit room and going to the premieres. That's another part. But in today's world, filmmakers need to do the next part if they want to survive as filmmakers. And that's just unfortunate. I don't I don't make the rules. These are the rules. And unfortunately, this is where we're going. Mark, I do want to appreciate your time, brother. Thank you so much for coming on the show again and being so candid and open with us. 
And I hope this does help some filmmakers out there. So thank you again, my friend, and continued success. And let, keep me updated on where you are in the world and what you're doing. <laughs> no worries, Alex. You have a good day. It's, it's always good to talk to you, mate. I want to thank Mark so much for not only coming on the show and dropping some amazing knowledge bombs on us and sharing his journey in a very transparent way, but thank you for doing this experiment and taking a risk with your million-dollar action film, Monsters of Man. And I'm so glad that my book has been was an inspiration for you, Mark, and that you were able to uh, to not only recoup your money but be very, very profitable making your independent film. Thank you again, Mark. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, including how to watch Monsters of Man and see what he's done, head over to the show notes at bulletproofscreenwriting.tv forward slash 280. Thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, keep on writing no matter what. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast at bulletproofscreenwriting.tv. 